The president and first lady testing positive for coronavirus. Today, reaction from Washington as we speak with Indiana Congressman Dr. Larry Bouchon, plus Senator Mike Braun and former Senator Joe Donnelly on the presidential debate and the Supreme Court showdown. And Governor Eric Holcomb and his opponent, Woody Myers, on the state's fight against COVID-19. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. It's one of 2020's defining moments. The president of the United States being taken to Walter Reed Medical Center Friday after testing positive for the coronavirus. I want to thank everybody for the tremendous support. I'm going to Walter Reed Hospital. I think I'm doing very well. Another dramatic development in this very unusual election year. Good morning. I'm Dan Spieler, joined by Washington correspondent Trevor Shirley today. Trevor, with the president and first lady testing positive for coronavirus. What is the reaction there in Washington? Well, Dan, good morning. Thanks for having me. Obviously, there's a lot of concern here in Washington because so many people, both on Capitol Hill and at the White House, have had so much direct personal contact with the president over the past week. I mean, look at the events that he's had, everything from the nomination ceremony of Amy Coney Barrett last weekend to the debate earlier this week, uh, to the rallies and the private fundraiser, not to mention just the day-to-day -day interactions at the White House. I mean, there is a long, long list of at this point of people here in Washington and outside the district who have directly interacted with the president who are now concerned about their own health. As we know with this disease, things can change pretty quickly. So as the campaign looks ahead, they're going to be figuring out in all likelihood day to day what the president is able to do in terms of the debates. Uh, we're not sure about that at this point. The next presidential debate is scheduled for October 15th. So there are uh, October 15th. So there are still a lot of questions questions out there about what the next two, even three weeks could look like. Now, another concern is that question of continuity of government. The good news is there is always a continuity of government plan in place. It's not like a diagnosis like this comes up or something happens and the leaders of the government are running around trying to figure out what do we do next. There, in theory, is always a plan in place. And a lot of that comes down to, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, just how the president's doing. As long as the president is healthy enough to carry out his daily duties, nothing will change, at least as far as most Americans will be able to tell. Right. But if we get to a point where the president, regardless of who that is, isn't able to carry out his abilities, then there will be a serious yeah. discussion about when to pass over those responsibilities to the vice president. Certainly uh, everyone there in Washington hoping that he recovers quickly. Trevor Shirley reporting there in Washington. Trevor, thanks. I also spoke this week with two Indiana lawmakers, Congressman Jim Banks and Congressman Larry Bouchon, who's also a doctor. Well, first of all, my thoughts and prayers are with the president and the first lady, and honestly, with all citizens of the United States who have been stricken with COVID-19, as well as their families. You know, we've lost over 200,000 of our fellow citizens. So, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with the president and with the first lady and anyone who has been afflicted with COVID-19. Do you think this will serve a as a lesson either for those in Washington or just generally for people around the country who maybe haven't been taking this seriously, who maybe haven't been wearing a mask out in public? Will this, should this serve uh, as a lesson? You're also a doctor. What are your thoughts in mm -hmm. terms of the broader significance of what this might mean in the fight against coronavirus? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great question. I think that it, 
it shows that uh, the COVID-19 virus is very contagious. You know, the president is in an environment where uh, everyone around him is tested, uh, except when he's, you know, out in the public. And even when he's been at public events, he's been distanced from uh, citizens at rallies and, and things like that. But yeah, there are some people who don't take this very seriously. And let me just tell you, as a physician, this is serious. We've had 200,000, over 200,000 deaths, people with very serious illnesses. Some people may have chronic conditions in their lungs related to this. So, you know, when the president of the United States uh, in, in an environment where everyone around him is tested and where everyone, for the most part, is socially distanced, uh, can get it, then it can happen to anyone. I, I, I hope that uh, there are people out there who weren't taking it seriously now that will look at this and take this for what it is. It's a worldwide pandemic uh, and it's a dangerous virus uh, that needs to be taken seriously. We did see video, though, of, of a lot of lawmakers, Notre Dame's president not wearing a mask at the uh, Barrett announcement last weekend. In retrospect, should the White House ha have been doing things differently? Should the president have gone to a, a fundraiser in New Jersey the day after learning that Hope Hicks had tested positive? Yeah, I mean, I, th I do think there, you know, there are some things that could have been done better, of course. You know, and at this point, we don't know exactly how the virus spreads, but masks help with the droplets and larger particles, like if you sneeze or if you cough or if you're talking or singing even. Um, but we, you know, it also possibly spreads by uh, aerosolizing. What that means is, for example, if you walk into a room where someone's been smoking a cigarette and they're not actively smoking, you don't see any smoke, but you can still smell it. So right. it's kind of aerosolized. But a mask uh, and distancing uh, definitely helps. And I do think there are some things around the president that could have been done uh, better. Yeah, it was probably only a matter of time. Um, obviously, our thoughts and prayers go out to the president and the first lady, others who have tested positive. The president comes in contact with a lot of people in spite of taking a number of precautions. Um, I'm not surprised that ultimately that this happened, um, but we, we hold them up. The president's a fighter, first and foremost. I have no doubt he'll get through it and he'll get through it quickly. Uh, but we know a lot more about COVID-19 today than we did six months ago. So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic that the president and the first lady will, will get through this very, very, very soon. But all we can do as citizens is follow the recommendations of the CDC, uh, which change based on new information um, and protect our vulnerable populations like our elderly and people with immunosuppressive diseases. Um, and then the bottom line is here is we have to have a vaccine uh, to this virus before we can really get ourselves out of this pandemic. More reaction Friday from Indiana Congressman Andre Carson, who said, quote, I'm praying for President Trump, the first lady and everyone battling COVID-19. This virus is extremely serious and we are all at risk. Also Friday, our affiliate in Michigan spoke one on one with presidential candidate Joe Biden. Thank God uh, both my wife and I are negative. And uh, but I feel I genuinely feel badly for the president. I hope to God that this is something that he'll he and his wife will be able to tolerate and get through without any lasting impact on him. Now, the two remaining presidential debates are scheduled for October 15th and 22nd. We'll see what happens. This coming Wednesday 
is the vice presidential debate. Also in Washington, there are concerns on Capitol Hill about potential exposure. Senator Mike Lee of Utah, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, and Notre Dame President Father John Jenkins testing positive after last week's announcement, last weekend's announcement, on the president's Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. She tested negative on Friday. Meantime, the showdown continues on Capitol Hill, where, as you just saw, Indiana's senators met with Barrett this week. Kayla Sullivan has the latest on the Supreme Court showdown still brewing in the Senate. An elbow bump and a stamp of approval from Indiana U.S. Senator Todd Young. I'm really proud to be here with uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. She has stellar credentials. Uh, she has a proven record of originalism. And most importantly, I think she understands the role of a judge is uh, to interpret the law as written and not to legislate from the bench. Senator Mike Braun agrees and adds some current laws are worth revisiting, like Roe v. Wade or what he calls common sense state laws regarding abortion. Maybe it was not correct from the get-go. And on something like that, uh, I think at least we might look at it again. I and other senators were elected in 2016 with a mandate to ensure that judges like this were put on the federal bench. Former Indiana U.S. Senator Joe Donnelly disagrees. He says Republicans should stick to what they said in 2016 when President Obama tried to confirm a Supreme Court nominee during his final year. Donnelly doesn't think the fact the president and the Senate are the same political party should matter. That's like saying, well, when we were driving in the expressway four years ago, we were in a red car. Today we're in a blue car. <laughs> you were in a car. It's the same thing. Donnelly, a Democrat, previously supported Barrett as a U.S. Seventh Court of Appeals judge. This time around, he says he wants to hear her testify on the Affordable Care Act. Judge Barrett has uh, has issued some writings back in 2017 um, that that um, went after Judge Justice Roberts regarding his approval of the Affordable Care Act. That case is expected to go before the Supreme Court one week after the election. From the Indiana State House, I'm Kayla Sullivan. All right, coming up next, this Sunday in Focus, we'll talk about the issues with the coronavirus here in Indiana and sit down one-on-one -on -one with Governor Eric Holcomb and his opponents in the race for governor. Welcome back. Let's bring in our panel right now to discuss everything happening this week. Joined today by Tony Samuel, Jennifer Wagner, Mike Murphy, and Robin Winston. And Tony, uh, I'll start with you. You served as 2016 uh, vice chair for the Indiana Trump campaign and also a, a surrogate this year. What is the reaction to the news this week that the president and first lady have tested positive for COVID-19? What's the reaction there within Trump world this week? Well, within Trump world, but I think uh, with, with all Americans, the reaction is uh, uh, hoping for a speedy recovery, uh, wishing the best for uh, the Trumps and anyone else in the administration uh, and, and our thoughts and prayers. And, and, and you know, the, the president has a 99% chance of a full recovery. He's handling it well. Uh, he's, you know, as we all know, he's a fighter. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. But it's a very serious situation. It can be for it affects people differently. We all know that. But, um, you know, we're just hoping for the best and uh, we'll move along. Uh, Jennifer, uh, to you next, um, your reaction to this and also more broadly the significance of what this might mean in terms of the overall fight against coronavirus, the nation's reaction, the, the preparations that we're taking, the, the guidance we are or in some cases aren't following, what, what does this mean uh, more broadly here in 2020? 
Well, obviously, Dan, it was shocking news to wake up to on Friday morning um, and everything that Tony just said. I think the country is echoing. We, we wish the president a, a safe and speedy recovery from this. Um, it's worth noting that, you know, earlier in the week, we would probably have been talking about tax returns or the president's disastrous debate performance, but everything is moving so very quickly. As far as coronavirus is concerned, I certainly hope that this reinforces what I think Indiana has been a leader in and a lot of folks here have taken very seriously, which is it does make a difference. If you wear a mask and you stay six feet away from people when you can and you wash your hands all the time. And while that may sound simple, and I know for a lot of people it's been you know too much for them to bear, but doing these simple things is going to save lives and prevent the spread of this virus. Mike, your thoughts and also the impact this could have on the 2020 race for president. We don't know yet what impact this will have on the debates, on the whole campaign here moving forward. Sure. Well, first of all, this is about health, not politics. And I hope everybody joins me in that. I've been somewhat disappointed to see some of the Facebook traffic that was less than charitable. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, we should have, I guess, taken notice when Boris Johnson came down with uh, COVID uh, the, in, in London and uh, President Trump just a few weeks ago, I think in one of his more empathetic moments, mentioned that he had six or seven friends who had, who had succumbed to COVID, to COVID, I'm sorry. And now the fact that he has it uh, himself and his wife, I, I, it's got to drive home um, you know, more empathy and more understanding for what the rest of the United States and really the rest of the world are going through. As it relates to the campaign, um, you know, I don't think it will have that big a difference on the campaign. Everybody, you know, it's not his fault he got it or anything like that. Um, you know, he has a full two weeks to recover, which I, I think he will. And uh, I don't think the next uh, debates till October 15th. So I don't really see a big difference. Um, you know, Vice President Pence is always prepared uh, in case he gets called uh, to uh, take over temporarily. Um, I just don't see that happening, though. All right, let's turn to Robin Winston now, former state party chair for the Indiana Democrats. Robin, uh, your view on everything we've seen here this week. Well, you know, and unless you're just mean-spirited, which none of us on this panel are, we hope that the president makes a speedy recovery. I hope coming out of this recovery, though, he'll use this as an opportunity to better inform Americans of the precautions that they must take with what is a deadly pandemic that's impacted over 200,000 people. Something as simple as wearing a mask in public can help abate the spread of this virus. So I hope that it will be an educational lesson for the American people coming out of this. Politically, unfortunately, we can't move elections back. So we've got to move forward. But I think that we need to realize how serious COVID-19 is and the impact it has on our society. Tony, are there lessons learned here for the White House, for their protocols? We saw the event last weekend with Amy Coney Barrett. A lot of people there not in masks, including Senator Mike Lee, who now has COVID, including Father Jenkins from Notre Dame, who now has COVID-19. We, we certainly wish both of them the best as well. But are there lessons to be taken from all of this? Well, I think what happens is everyone, you know, people get tested at the White House. Uh, everybody around the president gets tested constantly. We've had over 95 million tests across the USA. So there can be a sense of uh, um, that everything's going to be okay because you get tested. But in reality, you can carry this for five days before any symptoms show or before it shows up on a test. Or, and, and we know that. It's serious. The president has always taken it serious. I got my 
MAGA mask uh, here the day that uh, the president um, uh, was uh, was uh, diagnosed with COVID. It came in the mail, but I'd mailed it. Uh, I'd ordered it two weeks before, uh, and I ordered it because I saw at one of his rallies that everybody behind him was wearing these MAGA masks. And I thought, well, I've got to get myself one. He has been uh, serious about this from the start. That's why, as I've said before, he shut off trade with China, uh, 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 travel from China uh, back on January 31st. He's, you know, the coronavirus task force uh, was meeting regularly. And in all of those meetings, we, you know, they expressed the seriousness. And as Mike said, he has lost friends and he's talked about it. And you can tell that it, that it hits right. him hard, has hit him hard when he has. So we do need to keep our guard up, not let our guard down. Uh, we need to wear our masks and social distance. Uh, and, and this, this drives it home, but it, it's been driven home to all of us from, uh, uh, our friends and family. You know, my mom is in a senior assisted living and, and, uh, for a long time, she had to stay in her room practically all day and had her meals driven or, uh, delivered right. to her in the room. So we've all got stories. I, I, I don't like the fact that people are trying to say that he wasn't taking it seriously when we know that he was and was doing all kinds of things but, to help the cities and the, the states in trouble. But back to the debate, which which some of you have mentioned, Jennifer, we, we did hear the issue of masks come up at that uh, contentious and, and controversial debate this past Tuesday night. We absolutely did. And the president was basically mocking Joe Biden for, for the, the size of his mask, as, as only President Trump can do. Size matters a great deal to him, whether it's the size of a rally or the size of a mask. And, and I think, you know, I, I get what Tony is saying. I absolutely understand that some of the words that have come out of the White House have been the correct words backed by science. But it's do as I say, not do as I do. And you've seen the president on a number of occasions uh, knocking the wearing of masks, not wearing masks, hosting huge rallies and huge events at the White House. And I think, you know, this just drives home that there is science and there is opinion. And it can be your opinion that masks are not effective, but the science is there. So I really, really hope people will lean into science and facts so that we can finally get rid of this virus. We are not that close to a vaccine. I read the other day that they might not even have one available for, for school-aged children by the beginning of next school year. So we have to do our part. We have to pitch in. We have to do the things that are mildly uncomfortable for us so that we can move our entire country past this pandemic. Mike, are you concerned uh, this could be the start of a larger situation in Washington there with, uh, with the amount of exposure uh, that we've seen uh, some people uh, be, be exposed to here in recent days? Well, you know, Lord knows how many people actually move in and out of the White House on, on any given day. But you know, the staff itself, whether it's, you know, Hope Hicks, for example, or any of the, you know, hundreds of people who work in the White House, they move in and out of that White House. You know, they're with their families. Uh, they're with uh, business associates. Um, yeah, it's, it's not good. I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's like a huge college dorm at IU or something. Um, you can't, once somebody gets it in that building, it's very difficult to control and do the contact tracing and everything else. So it, it is, it's, uh, it's very serious. We, we've almost got to wrap it up. Robin, I'll give you the last word here. Obviously, we saw uh, so much this past week beyond um, this COVID diagnosis, the debate. We mentioned that um, a lot of storylines to emerge from, from that back and forth as well. There is. Um, here in Indiana, though, we have to keep in mind, we're not out of the woods yet on COVID-19. We have the fourth highest rate in the country. The governor has decided not to do the daily briefings anymore about where we stand. And we've got people right now that are battling 200,000 people unemployed. 
So I hope that what will come out of this with the president is that we will not see rallies where people are packed like sardines without masks, and that maybe, just maybe, we realize that Dr. Fauci was right about this and follow their lead. Robin, Tony, Mike, Jennifer, thank you all so much. We certainly hope uh, for the very best there in Washington and across uh, our country and around our world. Thank you all for being here. We're back right after this with much more this Sunday in Focus. Well, this week we're talking one-on-one -on -one with Governor Eric Holcomb, a heavy favorite for re-election, though he has faced political pressure from the left and the right in recent days on his approach to fighting the coronavirus. Here again is Kayla Sullivan. When it comes to COVID-19, what would Indiana's candidates for governor have done differently? I don't say this arrogantly, but not too much. Our economy is open, so it's really balancing the lives and the livelihoods. I would not have uh, issued a stay-at-home order. I would not have issued uh, business closures. I would not close churches. I feel that's a violation of the uh, First Amendment, plain and simple. It was a mistake to move to stage five. We should have been considering going the other direction. Democrat Dr. Woody Myers says if elected, his measures of success would be if the COVID-19 cases were going down every day consistently and if the positivity rate continued at one to two percent. He also wouldn't leave as many COVID-19 decisions to local government. We're giving far too much uh, control to folks that aren't public health experts. And finally, Indiana does not have a mask mandate. We know that masks are valuable. It requires local buy-in and local enforcement. If you want to hire four or five million people to go police the streets of all of Indiana, we didn't think that was constructive or even remotely realistic. Myers wouldn't say what his penalty would be for violating a state mask mandate. We're not trying to put folks in jail. What we're trying to do is give the tools that are required to law enforcement and to others to help people understand this is important. That's Kayla Sullivan reporting. We'll be back right after this. As we continue to monitor the situation in Washington, there's much more to come this morning on Fox News Sunday and Face the Nation. We'll see you right back here again next Sunday in Focus.